All right. Uh, good evening, all, and welcome to a Thursday evening edition of Data Geeky Live Presents. It's the first Thursday of the month, so it's time to welcome back uh, Veer Kodo with a, another installment of Keeping Secrets, uh, all related about the, uh, preserving your king privacy. Uh, and Veer has another uh, wonderful show cooked up for you tonight. And uh, without, any more, uh, without any further ado, I will throw it over to Veer. Thanks, Ryan. Welcome to Keeping Secrets. I'm Veer Koto. Keeping Secrets is a web series produced by Dating Kinky about the intersection of kink and privacy. In this series, we'll be talking about the hidden dangers, hidden allies, and practical steps that you can take to protect yourself and your community. We give you the information and tools to make informed decisions that are right for you. These webinars are recorded live and then released as a podcast. So if you're interested in participating and you're comfortable sharing, you can join us for questions, just like the wonderful people that are here tonight are doing. So we are recording this on, oh, it's not going with it. Uh, we're recording this on April 1st, known in certain parts of the world as April Fool's Day. So I thought it would be a nice opportunity to go back to basics and talk about some things that we might be doing that in retrospect might be a little foolish that we shouldn't be doing. The topics we'll be covering on this episode are really the, the bare minimum on this topic of, of kink and privacy. So if you're new to the series or new to thinking about privacy in general or new to the scene, um, we will go into a lot of, we go into a lot of depth often on the ways that our privacy is harmed and details about technology and how all that works. Um, we're not gonna be doing that today. We're just gonna be skimming the top, talking about really the most egregious things. So we'll be talking about the biggest blunders, the most foolish things you can be doing as a kinkster to harm your privacy. I'm your host, Vir Koto. I'm a kinkster, a geek, and a privacy advocate. Uh, you can go to my really awful website at virkoto.com. You can email me, veer at virkoto.com, or if you're on FetLife, I'm at virkoto. So again, this, web, this episode is a great place to start if you're new to thinking about privacy or new to the scene. So let's begin. We always, we always start off asking why. Why do we care about this topic? Why is this important to us? So let's talk about that just for a little bit. For those of us who engage in non-normative sexual practices or erotic practices, the world at large, the world outside of our, our little sanctuary can be a scary place. We can face discrimination from people who don't understand us. We can be fired from our jobs. People have had their children taken away from them. People can even be arrested and put in jail for practicing kink. Um, it's a scary world for us. And so we need to take precautions around our lifestyle, not just for ourselves, um, but also to protect the other people in our lives, such as our family, our partners, and that includes play and romantic, and our friends. So we need to be taking this seriously, and uh, that's unfortunately no joke. So when we think about these foolish acts, let's just keep that in mind, right? That we have a, a, re a very serious threat uh, that we have to deal with. So on to our first foolish act uh, that you can do as a kinkster. And that is sharing your name or personal details with people uh, you don't know. If you're going to go <laughs> to a kink or a BDSM event, 
you'll want a way to identify yourself. And it's easy to go to your first event and just say, oh, I'm, you know, just say you're the name that you use every day, you know, and that you've used for your whole life. But if you're in the scene, you should have a scene name. Uh, scene name is a name that you use to identify yourselves to other kinksters. It's often, but it doesn't have to be the same name that you use as, for example, your username on kinky uh, online services. Instead, you can and should use uh, a name that speaks to you and that you will want to keep as a um, say permanent identifier, a permanent way that you're known. Um, I Again, you, know, you can relate it to your online profile, but you don't have to. You should avoid telling people a lot of, uh, pardon me, a lot of details about yourself. You don't talk about your job. Um, don't talk about where you live and so on and so on until you really know someone and you really feel like you can trust them. If you're new to the scene, you might be thinking, well, wait a second, what am I going to do? What am I going to talk about? If I don't talk about, you know, I always talk about my, my job or, you know, my, my family and et cetera. Well, instead think about, things that you're seeing. Talk about maybe if you're new, say, hey, I'm new. This is what got me into kink. Uh, this is my, these are my interests. If you're at, um, if you're at a munch, people are going to be curious about you. Um, or you might be curious about them. Hey, how long have you been in the scene? What got you into the scene? What kind of, what kind of things are you into? What are you looking for? If you're at a party, uh, that's a great place. That's a great opportunity because you can say, oh, wow, I just saw this amazing thing. I, like, I never even knew that existed. Oh, wow, that was really hot, the way that that person flogged that other person. Um, you, you can talk about what you're seeing, what you're experiencing. Um, if you're at a class, that's a, a great place to learn and, and to talk about what, what you just saw or experienced. And, you know, if you're really at a loss, talk about uh, what someone's wearing or what they're displaying. Ask, you know, those kind of questions. But really stay away from personal details. So, Again, don't share personal details. Don't use your wallet name while you're in the scene. That's the first, uh, first real basic one. Second foolish thing is using a uh, photo of your face um, on your online profile. So if you're worried about your privacy, using a picture of your face as your profile picture is really not the best idea. Um, and that's especially true if that photo shows you nude or let's say in a kinky or a sex act. So... Um, as I just said, don't use your face photo. Uh, it's one of the worst things you can do for your privacy alongside of using your wallet name, which we just covered. Um, there are lots of services online that will do facial, facial recognition. Um, and if, even if you don't, let's say, put up a picture of your face, if you reuse a photo that you've put up on uh, elsewhere, um, maybe on social media, it's very easy to, to do a uh, photo search. So even if you take a picture of something, you know, like your coffee cup or um, let's say, uh, you know, a picture of yourself at an event or something, even if that picture isn't, um, doesn't have your face, just by being posted two different places, that can be enough to tie it to you. So uh, don't do that. If you have identifiable characteristics like a tattoo, um, you know, think about that as well. Think about things, pictures that can be used to identify you and distinguish you from other people. So again, don't uh, don't post your face. Don't reuse vanilla photos on kink sites. 
Um, even things like your pets, don't, you know, don't necessarily post those if they're the same photos. Um, and if you're new to the scene and you've just heard just these two <laughs> recommendations, you might be thinking that, wow, this is kind of scary, right? Don't, don't talk, don't use your name, don't show your face. Um, and you might be coming out of this thinking that kinksters are, must be really dangerous people. But my experience is actually the exact opposite. People in the kink and BDSM movements take privacy very seriously and outing someone uh, that is identifying them in a way that uh, could cause uh, harm to them, uh, you know, uh, releasing information about them without their consent is considered extremely serious and it's grounds for banning in most communities. The problem that occurs is that non-kinky people or sometimes organizations will come on to kinky sites um, they'll log on, they'll scrape the information there. Sometimes people will attend events, et cetera. And those are really the, the, the concerns, right? It's not the kink community itself. It's the other people who come on and use our community. And there are people and organizations that will log on, gather information, or sometimes just steal photos and post them elsewhere. And uh, because of that, we need to take precautions. So if you do wanna share identifiable photos, just give some consideration to where and how you post them. That might mean that you never share your private photos or that maybe you only share them directly with one person or if you are on a website that lets you set privacy settings, set them to friends only um, and only on services that you trust. So with that, on to the next uh, foolish thing, which is uh, using vanilla uh, usernames or email addresses uh, on kink sites. So if you're signing up for a kink website or a service, uh, the first thing you should be doing is setting up a kink email address for the emails that you're going to get. Having the same email address for both your kink and vanilla means that the kink service now knows your wallet name and the vanilla email service now knows your kinky and it probably knows your scene name, and uh, that's bad. <laughs> so we, we don't want our vanilla accounts, uh, our vanilla email service provider knowing our kink accounts, and if possible, we'd like our kink accounts not to have our wallet name. Since email isn't by default encrypted, uh, many email providers such as Google use the information in email to learn things about you and share them. And so, um, you want to keep that in mind. And again, that's why we want to do at least a minimum separation between your kink and vanilla identities. Similarly, uh, don't reuse usernames from your vanilla accounts. Um, a, even just a regular user could say, oh, wow, this, this unique uh, username is, a, is appearing in two places. It is likely that this is, this is the same person. But in addition to that, there are occasionally break-ins and leaks for websites, sites get broken into, and real names are sometimes leaked right out, you know, alongside usernames. And, you know, let's imagine that you have a vanilla account and it's the one that gets broken into. And that vanilla account has your wallet name next to your username. And you've used that same username on a kink account. Well, now someone just has to put two and two together and they have a pretty good idea of what your wallet name is just based on your username. And unfortunately, uh, once that cat is out of the bag, it's really hard to put back in. So uh, again, don't do that. Use uh, different, unique 
uh, email address and or uh, usernames on your uh, kink sites. So the next foolish thing is logging into kink sites with vanilla accounts. Um, websites and apps often ask you to log in with your social media account, such as uh, Google, Facebook, Twitter, uh, I've got a whole bunch of them there, right? LinkedIn, et cetera. Um, if you're using a kink-related app, uh, don't you know? Don't log in from another site. Just use the uh, a kink email, specific email that you've uh, set up previously, like I just explained in the last slide. Also, if uh, you're being asked to log in on something on your phone. Uh, that's also a pretty big uh, red flag. Um, if you can, don't use the app version of a website or service. Uh, use the website version. And the reason for that is that uh, phones also carry identifiable information, and they do share that with um, the app, uh, the application author, so the, the company that, that made the app. So they're going to get identifiable information about you just by you using it on the phone instead of a, a web browser on the phone. So instead, again, whatever you can, just use your kink email address. We talked about that earlier. That should be your your um, your identifiable email address. And again, if you're on a phone, use the web version of the application. Don't use the app. So what's the next foolish thing that we many of us have probably done? which is uh, using apps that spy on you. Um, we like to think that our computers and our phones and all that, they, they work for us, right? I, I'm the one who tells my computer what to do and I'm the one who tells my phone what to do. And that's true sometimes. Um, and sometimes they're really working for the company that wrote them, the company that made the phone or made the app or maybe made the app that's running on them right now. And they're doing things we don't want them to do, like spying on us or stealing our personal information and using that to make money. We've talked about this uh, quite a bit on the series. Uh, we've talked about specific apps and uh, we'll, we'll keep doing that. Um, but the bottom line is that when we don't control our apps, uh, our apps can control us, and not usually in the fun, kinky ways of control. So when you're choosing an app, uh, choose one that has a good privacy and data collection policy. Um, and we've talked about that a little bit in the past on the series, and uh, we'll continue to talk about that in the future. Uh, in addition to that, use strict permissions on your apps. Uh, most phones have pretty good, simple ways for you to set uh, permissions on the specific applications. And uh, you can do the same uh, on your desktop applications as well. Again, this is a pretty nuanced topic of how to set those controls, um, but uh, but we'll, we'll talk about that in the future. And again, uh, maybe a, a more advanced topic is uh, a personal firewall. So a personal firewall that you can install on your on your phone or on your computer can also be a very powerful tool to uh, help information about you not get leaked quite as much. So with that, <laughs> one more uh, foolish thing is uh, friending or following your uh, kink friends or kink folks on uh, vanilla uh, social media. 
Social media applications like Facebook, Twitter, Google, Instagram, and others, um, these are all designed to learn as much about you as they can. And they use that information that they learn to sell you ads. They also sell your information directly to other companies, sometimes to government agencies or to organizations that want to influence you in other ways, such as uh, politically you know, trying to influence your vote. So in order to do that, in order to be able to sell this information or sell effective ads, they work very hard to create connections between yourself and your activity, between yourself and the people you know, um, or people that they think you might know or might know you um, that might live in your neighborhood or go to the same, you know, work in the same place that you do. Um, they might look at things you have in common, you know, restaurants you eat at or places you shop at or just common interests. So even if you never specifically exp explicitly say, hey, I'm kinky and I have a friend who is also kinky, just by having them um, as someone that you follow or is are friending on social media, uh, these applications, you know, these social media applications are looking at their activity and their friend's activity in order to try to speculate on what they might be interested in or doing. And they're looking at probabilities. If you've got, you know, one friend who's kinky, maybe you're not kinky, but if you are following two or three people who are kinky or that the site thinks are kinky, then it's going to have a pretty good idea that you are very likely to be kinky as well. And it might start exposing the vanilla people in your life to things and people that you might not want them to be exposed to. Maybe you're fine with uh, some of your friends knowing that, um, that you're friends with a, one particular person from the scene, but maybe you know, it would be strange if your grandma started seeing um, posts about kink uh, or suggestions that that she friend or follow someone who is explicitly kinky and has made their lifestyle very public. Um, you know, that can be a very challenging situation or uh, maybe it's not your grandma, maybe it's your boss. So if you uh, insist on using vanilla social media, um, I suggest that you uh, browse your social media from another web, uh, web browser or use uh, plugins to isolate your social media. We've talked about uh, those topics in the past. Uh, don't follow or friend kinky folks. Um, you know, leave that to your kinky social media. And also check your social media permissions for other apps that might be, you know, associated apps that might be collecting information about you. So that could be things like games or quizzes. These, these applications often are, um, you know, advertising, oh, let's find out what character from a TV show you are. But what they're really doing is, is gathering uh, very personal information about you and using that to, uh, to make more connections or to sell something about you. So, uh, yeah, social media is pretty awful. Um, you know, these big companies are pretty bad. And, and the side effect of that is that it can make it really hard for us to, to stay private um, while connecting with our kink friends. Um, 
So uh, yeah, keep your keep your kink activities to kink social media or kink websites, um, you know, such as FetLife or Dating Kinky. So let's uh, <laughs> now with that, let's move on to another fun <laughs> thing, um, which is uh, don't reuse passwords. So uh, this one's pretty simple. Uh, don't reuse passwords. Uh, we just had a recent episode all about this. Uh, when websites or apps are broken into, it's often that the attacker will take the username and passwords from a site and then use them to try to log into other accounts with the same name or have the same email address. And uh, if they can do that, they can really easily ruin your life in a whole host of ways. Um, they can learn about your vanilla life, your kink life, your bank, um, just all kinds of information that someone can use to try to hijack your uh, your whole life or really ruin it in ways that, um, that, that may, again, can just make your life pretty awful. So uh, you want to reduce the chances of somebody being able to do this. So uh, don't reuse passwords between websites. Instead, uh, or, or apps. Uh, instead, use a password manager to help you create passwords for each site. So each site has its own password. Moreover, um, I suggest using an additional layer, um, such a, of a, you know, an additional authentication layer. So uh, in, the, in the recent episode, we talked about two-factor authentication. We talked about hardware tokens and all kinds of uh, technical ways to help protect your logins. That's very important. So let's talk about some non-technical things that you can be doing or non-online things um, that might be harming your privacy or other people in the scene's privacy. And that is approaching a kinkster outside a kink event. You know, um, most of us who talk about BDSM talk about a BDSM community. And if you're coming into the BDSM community and you wanna be part of that community, um, you need to understand both our rules, um, but also understand that as a community, we're, we're all in this together, right? We're all working um, to protect each other um, in addition to ourselves. And uh, a, a very important cornerstone of the kink community is privacy, and it's respecting boundaries of kink and non-kink. So if you see someone uh, that you know from let's say a munch or a party or a class, and you see them out, let's say on the street or in the supermarket, um, maybe they're out with other people, family or coworkers, leave them alone. Just, just don't interact with them. If you see somebody you know from the scene and they're with people that you don't know, don't interact with them. Um, if they are someone that you have seen online, maybe from photos or videos, but you don't know them personally, leave them alone. Don't interact with them. Um, if you want, maybe you could say, hey, I, I saw you. I, I personally wouldn't do that because I think it might be a little creepy, um, you know, to say, hey, I saw you at the supermarket on Tuesday at 3 p.m. Um, but, uh, you know, you, can, you, you might choose to reach out to them, but not in the moment. Um, if someone that you do recognize is out and about and they're alone and they don't they don't look like they're with anyone and you want to say hi or just you know you know talk to them a little bit here's what I've done in this exact situation first thing I do is I make eye contact and if I don't get 
knowing eye contact back. What I mean by knowing is I, you know, they can see that I see them and I see it in their eyes that they recognize me. If I don't see that recognition, I don't engage. But if I do see that recognition, I might come up to them and I might say, um, and I've done this, do, do I know you from somewhere? And that gives them the opportunity to say, no, uh, I don't know you. And that might be because maybe there's someone uh, vanilla who's nearby. And, you know, if you say, oh, weren't you at the, you know, weren't you at the beating and spanking party? You know, that's, that's going to out them. So, you know, you can just say, do, what, do I know you from somewhere? And uh, they can they can say, oh yeah, of course I know you from so and so, or or you know we were at the same party or whatever. But you want to give them that opportunity to say no. So uh, that's that's how I handle it. And um, even if you are having a conversation with them, and uh, you know they've given you all the signals that everything is cool, um, and you're out in public in a vanilla setting, don't use their scene name. Don't call them by their scene name. Just say yeah, you. You know, just use that second person pronoun. Um, and don't talk about anything kinky if you're in public, because maybe they, they're okay with saying that they know you, but maybe they aren't okay with saying the thing that they did. Or maybe you're not okay with talking about the thing that you did or the thing that they did. So, you know, you can just say hi, or you might say, hey, um, you know, are you, am I going to see you next week or whatever? Um, but really just keep it as vague as possible. So with that, on to the next thing uh, that you should not be doing, um, which is, oh, sorry, didn't uh, give you the the uh, notes here. So if you see someone in a vanilla uh, setting, you know, leave them alone, do the eye contact thing, do I know you? So next thing, uh, photographing people at kink events. Um, don't, don't photograph, don't record people at kink events. Um, many people, um, uh, take photographing or recording kink events extremely seriously. Just having a camera or even having your cell phone out at some events is grounds for, for removal. So, um, yeah, <laughs> find out the photo and recording policy at the event you're at so that you can be sure to be on the right side of it. Um, the easiest way to abide <laughs> with photo policies of events that you haven't been to is simply to not take your phone out. I recommend taking it a step further and actually turning your phone off. This not only helps you, you abide by the policy, but it also helps protect against apps and things on your phone that might be spying on you or tracking your location. If you do want to take a photo at an event and you know that the photography policy allows it, be sure to get everyone's permission that is in that photo. That means that if you, that you're in a room with other people, everyone in the background that could be seen or could be identified needs to be able to give their permission as well. And if there are items in the photograph that are specific to a person, say an article of clothing or a toy, etc., remove that from the shot. And lastly, um, even if you had permission to take the photo, and you checked with everyone about taking it, check again with everyone in that photo before posting it online. And again, that needs to include the people, the objects, anyone who might be in the background, um, or if, if it's in front of a venue, the venue itself. 
My opinion is that the easiest thing is to just not take photographs at kink events. So with that, um, where to learn more about kink and privacy? Well, this series uh, often goes into an enormous amount of depth on topics. We've done topics on cell phones. We've done topics on password management. We've done, um, geez, we've done web browsers. We, you know, we've, we've, we've talked about quite a lot and we have plans to talk about a whole lot more and go into a lot of depth. Uh, in addition, if you're new, uh, I did a uh, three-part series, Protecting Your Kink Identity. It was a little uh, mini-series that I did for Dating Kinky before uh, starting this series. And uh, I co-run a uh, group on FetLife called Privacy Conscious Kinksters, and I recommend checking that group out. If you're looking for more generic um, places to look for information about uh, privacy, I recommend the EFF Surveillance Self-Defense Guide and the Holistic Security Manual. And you can use DuckDuckGo or your favorite, um, your favorite search engine to find those. So with that, it's time for the best part of the show, a word from our sponsor, Dating Kinky. And I think Ryan said that he was going to be out. So uh, I will do the, the pitch here for Dating Kinky Plus. Um, if you're here and you're listening to me or you're um, listening via podcast or one of the other multitude of ways that this show, this webinar goes out, then you care about kink education and you care about kink values and kink privacy and, and you're curious and interested. And um, Dating Kinky Plus will give you access to videos, to webinars like this one, it will give you access to books, just a wealth of educational material. And as a kinkster, I think that's the that's, that's the greatest thing ever, right? You have an access you have access to a growing library, and, and and this library is growing every every day, every week, every month with new material from amazing kink presenters. And all you have to do is spend ten dollars a month. I think it's ten dollars a month right now. So for $10 a month, you get access to books, you get access to, to amazing uh, instruction, podcasts about education, uh, kink and privacy, uh, you know, relationship models, you know, power exchange, polyamory, monogamy, um, just all kinds of material. And again, it's, it's constantly growing. So uh, it's, it's not going to just grow old once you've watched all the videos or heard all the podcasts. It's, it's, it's getting more and more, getting more and more of that every time. So uh, at $10 a month, Dating Kinky Plus, and that's what it is right now as of recording on uh, in April 2021. But, um, you know, it's, it's an amazing opportunity and a very inexpensive uh, cost. So with that, so please sign up for Dating Kinky Plus. With that, uh, questions. Um, and before I do questions, I will say that the next webinar uh, will be on May 6th, uh, 6th, and it will be a very special one. Um, we, we will be joined by uh, sex worker uh, Jesse Sage. Now, Jesse Sage is not just a sex worker. She is a writer, an activist, a representative of sex workers with just, uh, just an amazing amount of information and insight onto sex work. And I am going to be privileged enough to have her on this webinar talking to her about privacy and sex work. Uh, 
and what we, the kink community, can learn from sex worker, sex workers about privacy. And I think it's going to be really interesting, really enlightening, and I am looking forward to that. So with that, uh, normally we have uh, Ryan asking questions. It looks like he has rejoined us. Um, so, yep, great. So, so it's uh, question time. Um, Sure, I have the questions ready. Um, a couple of things I just want to add to for those of you, those people who did say it was their first time here. Uh, in addition to the uh, benefits that viewers mentioned, particularly the sex and kink education on demand for our uh, plus members, we are also uh, it's right there in the name. We are also a, a dating site. You know, so uh, you know we certainly encourage uh, everyone who is you know looking you know to be back out there once we all get vaccinated and the like, and, you know, whether, you know, whatever kind of uh, connection you're looking for, whether, you know, whether it's a, you know, more of a lifetime partner, more of a, you know, just making connections and, and meeting and mingling, things like that. So we have a site for that. We haven't, you know, I've been saying this for a while, but I think we finally have an app team where a development team we're happy with. So we really think we are, and I think Nookie even te texted me earlier saying, I think we have things to test uh, tomorrow. So, we hope that app will be coming in the next uh, six to eight weeks. We are super fingers crossed on that because uh, we really think that's going to bring our dating, the dating part of our site to that next level we want to be at. And then uh, the other thing I wanted to mention was we also are provide a uh, online virtual, uh, you know, chat community on a platform called AirMeet. So we have uh, some more like socializing events where you know, some of uh, you find folks, you know, coming to, you know, education event can then go there if, you know, and, uh, you know, have audio or audio video conversations with uh, others, uh, you know, in a, you know, in, you know, as, as much, you know, as comfortable as you want to get, you're perfectly, you can still uh, head over there and, you know, leave your camera off, leave your audio off at any time, you know, so it's up, you know, people can have chat conversations over there too, like textual, I, I mean, so, um, and we're, you know, we're using it for some of our big weekend events where, for instance, I mentioned in the pre-show, we're going to have an escape room event happening over there in about 45 minutes. So, um, you know, we're having some just general socials, you know, and, you know, we're going to be doing some, some more fun things in there. I think somebody wants to do a karaoke event in there. So, yeah, we're really kind of taking advantage of, uh, it's this kind of virtual play space that kind of replicates like a, uh, if anybody's been to like a, like a convention for either work or maybe uh, non-vanilla uh, pursuits. Uh, you know, it, it, there's like an auditorium space, there's a lounge space, and there's even like a kind of a merchant vendor booth space. So uh, yeah, and that is available to everyone for the next few months, but eventually it will be, for the most part, a uh, Data Geeky Plus member exclusive. So, uh, okay, so that's, that's uh, I just wanted to round that out of like what we what we are offering now to, um, to those folks who are interested in becoming Plus members. And for those who, uh, you know, aren't inclined to do that at this time, that's perfectly fine. We just encourage if you're ha enjoying the event you're coming to, you know, obviously, you know, keep coming. You're absolutely invited to, to join us at these live events and, you know, uh, bring a friend or throw out like a, you know, hey, had a great time at, you know, this webinar, that sort of thing, you know, on FetLife or, or your, you know, social network because, you know, that kind of word of mouth will accumulate, you know, and that's that's where we need to be. So, all right. Uh, so with that, I will get to the questions. Um, all right. Uh, Jay-Z Soga. I think I pronounced that right, but uh, feel free to throw it out phonetically in, in chat. 
what about payments for events? I am often asked for credit card info beyond just the credit card number. That is a great question. We, we're probably going to do a whole webinar on, on payment options. Um, you know, the questions that you should be asking um, to your kink event is, um, do I need to do this by credit card? Can I, can I pay you some other way? If I'm concerned about my privacy, you know, push them, push them in that way. I, I really believe strongly that we should be, um, that kink organizers need to be more sensitive to this. Now, look, if they say, no, this is it, you gotta, you gotta pay by a credit card. Um, there are a few things you can do. Um, the easiest might be to set up uh, or buy a prepaid credit card, one that you can load up. Now, they're not cheap. Um, they take out fees, but they are pretty safe. You can go to your uh, local, say your local pharmacy, and uh, buy one. You know, with a, the amount that you need, and just use it. Um, you know, I do think it is possible, and I don't know much about this. It is possible to get a credit card and put whatever name you want on it. It is legal, um, so you know you can put one in the name of your dog. Uh, just be aware that, of course, that still ties to your credit score and it is on your credit report. So um, it really depends on what you're, uh, we talked about this, you know, what are you concerned about or who are you concerned about? We talked about that in the, the kink identity series, right? Um, you know, who, who are who are you protecting yourself against? And if it's if it's the credit card company, you're in kind of, you're in kind of deep, deep water here. But, uh, you know, if it's just the kink organizer, that might be enough. But again, I think, I think we as kinksters really need to be pushing our our event organizers to be thinking about these issues more seriously. Uh, yeah, just following up. Yes, Rob, uh, you can, but um, that I believe also depends on the country you're in. So I'm specifically thinking about the United States when I talk about that. Um, at least, and it used to be the case. I, I don't I don't know um, how it is anymore. Here, just for context, uh, you were you were responding to the you can put any name you want. On any name you want. Yeah, sorry, I should I should have I should have responded to that. Yep. Yeah, just for our, uh, our on-demand listeners. Um, okay. Uh, next question. Okay, Rob had a separate question. Does it matter if you have a vanilla email as the recovery email for your kinky email? So <laughs> these are these are great questions, right? This really has to do with who are you afraid of and who are you concerned about? If you're concerned about um, the the website that you're logging into or the app that you're using, because you don't know whether to trust them, um, then yeah, that's a problem. Uh, you should set up a separate email just for your kink stuff. If, uh, if you're concerned about that the website or the app might get broken into and that the email addresses might all be leaked, then yeah, that's a concern. You should use a kink email. Um, you know, I don't, you know, I can't speak to every single website, but, um, I think that generally you should be setting up kinky email addresses for kink, uh, kink websites. Um, you know, I'll tell you, for example, um, FetLife requires an email address. Um, I do not use my vanilla email address on FetLife. Um, I don't use my vanilla email address on dating kinky either. Um, I use my kink email address. <laughs> so I hope that answers your question. Uh, all right. 
AP threw out a suggestion, I think, when talking about like the how you know, like the be cautious about you know giving out personal information surreptitiously. Uh, never fill out those twenty things like about me quizzes. Like people can use the info to provide gather info on you to add your accounts. So that's uh, yep, great. Yeah, that's great advice. Uh, thank you, AP, for that suggestion. And AP also helpfully put up uh, Veer's uh, website and um, his uh, FetLife group. Uh, link. So, yeah, if you are on FetLife, yeah, yeah, obviously feel free to join that group and, uh, you know, uh, you'll be able to absorb some of these other tips uh, he does outside of the, the series. So, um, you know, a, a, great re a great ongoing resource. Uh, okay, Adventure Viking asks, um, this may have been covered in a previous episode, but if you would uh, indulge us, uh, do you have a password manager you would recommend? You know what? I'm going to recommend that you uh, go on to Dating Kinky and watch that entire uh, that entire webinar on password managers. Okay, let me. I'm looking for like what that one was called. Uh, it, was it the securing your accounts one? Securing your accounts. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And uh, one one note about securing. We noticed there's some kind of. I think with the uh, with our teammate who uploads these, uh, like, and it might have been my, like, uh, I, I think we need to adjust the permission level. So, because I was noticing I was being able to access it from my level of access, but then when I logged in as somebody else who just was a garden variety user, they were getting uh, a lot of straight. So, we, I'm going to put the link up. It might not be ready to go, like, at this moment, but we're going to fix it over the weekend. So uh, here's here's the link to that episode at Metro Viking, and we'll get that fixed for you. So just bookmark that, and, um, you know, it should be ready. You know, it should be viewable, you know, next day or so. So, yeah, just have to check something on the back end. Uh, okay, we can go to the next question. Uh, okay. Oh, um, okay, so... DeRay uh, had, had a suggestion based on the um, the talk of like uh, you know you, identifying areas to use something other than credit cards when possible. She says uh, I've had gift cards I've had to register and got to pick the name and address I put on them. They were gifts but viable with cash. So you know that's something you know when you're going gift that's card awesome. route. That's a, a great suggestion. Yep. So I wanted to throw that out. Um, verbally uh okay semi feral kitty asks uh what if you are what if you already used one of your vanilla e email addresses already is it worth it to switch to something else it's like a junk email address but i've used none other things you know uh, i i i'm always hesitant to say you know, do or don't do certain things if, if i ever say do something or don't do something um that's because it's really strong uh i have a really strong feeling about it um my feeling about whether or not it's worth it to change, and we talked about this in the Kink Identity series, is that I believe that privacy is a continuous and iterative process. It's not something you can just one day be like, and I'm secure forever. Uh, you know, it's something that you need to evaluate and reevaluate, you know, every so often and take extra steps and there'll be, you know, good days and bad days. Um, if you have the resources, and I mean the you know time and the and the inclination to make your to make to improve your privacy, then I think you should you should do it. Um, what is it worth it? Oh, that's a hard question because I don't know what your life is like, right? Um, I know for certain people, it's absolutely worth it, and for other people, maybe if you're completely out, you know, and 
everybody in the world and your boss knows you're kinky and your family knows you're kinky, right? Well, maybe it doesn't matter so much. But um, so I think that's a question you're going to have to to figure out. And I don't I don't mean to push it back on you, but um, if I will say if if you have the the interest and the concern, then it probably is worth it to do it. Well, and just to kind of broaden this out a bit, um, you know, I, I like your kind of drop of like pragmatism about, you know, people's, yeah, everyone's time is, is variable and not infinite, you know, so, I mean, everybody yeah. has, you know, what they need to budget for, you know, their work, you know, their family, you know, just all of the things that make up our, you know, day-to-day -day responsibilities. So, you know, you know, kink privacy is going to be, you know, some... Some, some, some portion you know, of it, right? Some, some yeah. portion of it, but, but a, a slice uh, on that pie chart, you know, you know, and, and, and a varying, you know, graph. I think what we what we want to provide here is that hopefully by you know making some investment on, in it, you know, by coming here or doing your due diligence elsewhere. What we hope to do is maximize the uh, like the benefit you can, you know, and 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 give advice of like how to make the most of the time you're putting into That's your right. business investment. I mean, I, th I think about it a little bit like um, I think about my dentist. So when I go to my dentist, the impression I always get is that my dentist thinks that a big portion of my life is my teeth. And uh, I should be spending hours a day brushing those teeth, flossing those teeth, using a water pick. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, any moment that I am uh, awake should be spent caring for my teeth. At least that's my impression from my dentist. But I, I have other things going on than, than you know, than my oral health. Um, so, you know, I, I look at kink privacy the same way. And, and how, how important is that going to be for you? It's going to depend on your time of life, your lifestyle choices, um, you know, your geography, just things that are going to be very personal that I can't, I can't answer for you, but, but we give you the tools and help you figure out the, you know, how much you should do, you know, we, we, we help you figure out what you should do and how much you should do for yourself, for your peace of mind. Yeah. Uh, well said, uh, AP, thanks for pointing out that, uh, semi pro kitty had a follow-up. Um, oh, wait, oh, oh, I, oh, is that um, I copied that and I thought I saw it. I thought I grabbed that. Um, oh, well, she said, or is it too late now because it's already associated with FetLife, I think, to the, um, you know, to the what if you've used one of your vanilla email addresses already? I mean, it's, yeah. Uh, I, I don't think it's too late. Um, whether or not it's leaked, you know, it's outside of your control. It's how it, I'll, I'll just say it's never too late. What the re, what the repercussions are, it's hard to tell. But I think it's you know still a good habit, no matter what. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I've I've heard this question asked before. You know, maybe in a different iteration on a previous episode, where you know every little—it's like a law of large numbers. Where I mean, every little decision might not be the difference between you know kind of a. A, a bad outcome or a better outcome, but uh, if you have the time to invest, it doesn't hurt to make the changes. You know That's that right. you know towards a safer, you know, or a more private. Uh, you, you know, yeah, way, I don't way of living. You know, so. I don't believe in the defeatist view, right? The well, you did this one thing once, and now you're screwed forever. I mean, you know, look, maybe maybe something has really harmed your privacy, but. 
that is not an excuse or not a reason to just give up, throw up our hands. Because once we once we go down that road of of, of hopelessness, then the whole th then their whole thing is lost. So you know, keep keep working at it. Okay, so I think AP has a related question to this. Uh, she asks, uh, if you do want to start fresh and make new kink-friendly or kink-only accounts, what do you do to scrub kink from vanilla accounts? That's a really hard question. Um, we are, we, I think we have a plan to talk about doing like a data detox. Um, Cause that's a very, that's a very involved question. I think it's a good one and we should cover it in a future, in a future uh, webinar. You know, every time I think that we're like done, we get like amazing questions like this and uh, it fuels me for at least another month. And it makes, it makes Ryan happy because then I can start giving him like six months of, of pitches at once. <laughs> Well, I, mean, I I do like knowing what we have coming up next month for sure. But uh, yeah, you know, you are a uh, you know, you've been a model citizen in, in that regard. So, uh, but uh, no, AP, I, I agree that the yeah data detox, uh, you know, kind of uh, AP's question of you is kind of uh, you know, uh, application. I think is a great idea. Uh, so I'm actually putting that in the project right now. Uh, so thank you. Um, and yeah, and like uh, to Veer's point, I mean, it, it's. I want to thank everyone in the chat who continues to bring us all these amazing questions because as, as Veer says, I mean, that it's that two-way conversation that, uh, you know, leads us to find more avenues that we, you know, perhaps hadn't thought of right away. You know, so, you know, the, the dialogue is what helps to keep this uh, being kind of the robust uh, place for learning and conversation that, that we think it is. And, uh, and AP, and AP says, uh, thanks. And yes, more, more Vircoto uh, webinars. Yeah, so. I, I couldn't agree more. More <laughs> Vircoto webinars. <laughs> yeah, 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 we'll just, we're getting that, you know, sense of it into the, uh, into the atmosphere. Uh, so, all right, are there any other questions? Because um, uh, what I will have after, and, and, you know, we have, we have, you know, some more time for, for questions if anybody has kind of the last round, but, I'll start to go into some of our uh, coming attractions uh, and what we have coming up next. And as I mentioned, we have a um, we have an event happening in Airmeet later tonight. Our that that social interactive platform, virtual social interactive platform I mentioned earlier. You know, we're going to be doing an escape room, a virtual escape room. The, this will be the first one I've ever done. I've done three regular escape rooms, like in the in person, but I've never done a virtual one. So I'm. I'm excited. They even offered to like give me the, uh, you know, do you want to like look it over? And I'm like, no, I want to do it. Like, I want, you know, it's kind of like I don't want to read the script. You know, I want to watch the movie. You know, so, uh, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, th there's the uh, the details again, and I'll I'll um, in case anybody uh, people haven't signed up and want to head over there, I will hang out in here and like kind of shepherd people over there. So, um, yep. Uh, okay, so. If a, okay, here, okay, no full one has a question. Uh, if a brick and mortar club requires a wallet name, is there a reason not to use vanilla email for it? So it's funny, I've never been to a club that asked me for my email address. Um, I've been to, I've been to cons that have asked for my, um, for my, sorry, for my wallet, but then they've never asked for my email. Um, you know, I think separation of events, I mean, sorry, separation of concerns is a good thing. Uh, it, this is a tricky question, right? So if you give them your vanilla email 
and they know you were at a kink event, now they know your name and they know you were at a kink event. If you give them your kink email and they have right next to it your wallet name, now they have two pieces of information about you. So this is a this is a tricky tricky uh, situation. This is like this is you know which cup should the Sicilian drink from? Well, um, my view is well. First, of all, I'd ask why the heck do you, does someone need my? I'm going into a BDSM club. Maybe they need my ID to check my age. Um, but why the heck would they need my email address? That is that is uh, that's a new one to me. Um, I don't know. It's a, I think a good question. To the, it's a question I'll have to think about. And it's a question I think you should be thinking about. And maybe it's a, maybe it's a question of why does that organizer need my email address um, if they're already checking my ID? Yeah, and if they, but, but if they want to email you, sorry, so Florida Cuck Couple uh, asked, um, well, maybe they want to send you ads and stuff. Okay, well, decline. You, uh, I don't want to give you my email address. I'm giving you my, I'm giving you my ID. And that's all I'm going to give you. Uh, I remember when you used to go into a, uh, a store that is now defunct called Radio Shack. They would ask for your they would ask for your physical address. You'd buy a batteries and you'd buy a four pack of batteries, and they'd be like, "Well, I'd like your address, please." It's like, "No, thank you. I just want to buy my batteries." Well, um, and, and just yeah. to just to uh, tease out the uh, the the questioner asked specifically about vanilla email address. Right. So yes. I think I think you know. Um, uh, so in the case of what Florida Cut Couple mentioned, uh, I think in that instance you would just give them a non-vanilla email address if you if you were interested in receiving you know, advertisements, you know. So yeah, yeah. So I think that's that's well, a workaround to that specific follow. So I'm just going to sort of follow this, end that question with my position is that we as privacy conscious kinksters should be pushing back on organizers who are asking us for information that they do not need. You do not need, if you want to check my ID because you're concerned about my age, um, well, first of all, thank you. <laughs> uh, at my age, thank you for, for thinking that I might be underage. Um, if you want to check it because you need it, you've got a ban list, I get it. Um, but there's no reason that they should be recording that information. Um, and um, my general feeling is that they don't need that um, or you should ask them, why are you collecting this? What's your data collection policy? And see if you can opt out. Okay. And I think we got another last question. Or no, well, a, a late question. Uh, Adventure Biking, you talk about photo recognition. What about voice recognition, either when using Zoom or from, quote, unquote, smart home devices? Is that something to be concerned about? Companies using voice recognition for data collection. Yeah, connection between kink and identity. It 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 is it is a concern. Um, you know, um, it's a. I will say this: there it seems to be a lot less voice recognition than there is right now. Uh, photo recognition, it's it's just not as as widespread. But yeah, it's a concern. It's it's. Look at certain events that I've been to. You know, recording of any type is banned, um, and that includes audio. Um, and uh, I know that there are webinars um, on dating kinky, for example, the test webinars, and they don't want you recording those either. So uh, yeah, it's a it's a concern. These are all concerns. Okay. Uh... If Radio Shack talk in the chat, RIP Radio Shack. 
All right. I, I think I'm going to, um, if, you know, like I said, we'll, we have, we have some time, so if, you know, we can answer any additional questions. I think I'm going to go into some, uh, 